Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And what about those, those college kids, those poor college kids in Idaho? They didn't find who did it yet? Uh, that's kind of weird. The whole thing is weird, obviously. Uh, but the law, law enforcement's been kind of sketchy about the whole thing. I don't know what's happening with them. Uh, everybody should rest easy. There is no threat. Now there is a threat. Uh, they haven't been, st- you know, they haven't been straight with us. They have not been straight with the people playing some sort of game out there. Now, I know their heart's in the right place. They want to catch the guy or girl who did this. Again, I'm talking about those four college kids at the University of Idaho. Now, it's a terrible story, um, obviously, but there are people, people are killed every day. But why why is this jumping out at me? Well, they haven't found the killer or killers yet, but also this. I've seen troubling signs that law enforcement is going woke. Oh, yes, they want them to go woke. They're trying. Now, law enforcement, rank-and-file cops, no way. This is not a woke crew. They want to prevent crime and catch the bad guys, okay? Stop terrorist attacks. And that is, uh, by the way, that's not like, that's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> and there is a science involved, and it's an art as well. It's an art and a science, and it takes skill and professionalism and deep knowledge. Uh, this stuff has to be focused on. You have to train and retrain and go to conferences and talk about this stuff. And you, you go to the FBI and Quantico, and they give you new techniques, and then you talk about those, and you impl- implement them. All that stuff, I think, is unfortunately going away. We can't go to the FBI to talk about the new and better fingerprint or DNA analysis. No. We'll go for the DEI. We'll go to the FBI for the DEI, the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Seminar. If you spend time, there are only so many hours in the day, and every institution in America is now obsessed with stuff that does not bring anything to the bottom line. Whatever your organization is supposed to be doing, it is not enhanced by this fixation on DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Every mom-and-pop store, they're pressuring them to go uh, DEI, go woke. Big corporations, they've already, they're all in. Big corporations, Hollywood, publishing to some extent, um, sports, professional sports. The military is going woke. And we see what happens, though, when you go woke. Uh, As President Trump said, you get demented. You get demented and you, uh, well, you go woke, you go broke. You really do. Uh, And we're seeing it. I think a great example of this. I would love to know how General Milley spent the one year, the 12 months prior to our loss in Afghanistan. What did he what did he focus on? Remember when he came out and he said, I want to learn about white rage and I'm white. And I want to understand it. Oh, wow, what a virtuous man. He's white. He is white, and he wants to look at this horrible thing in white men that exists, white rage. 
and I can do that, and I'm white. Isn't that great? That's what he said. He said it during a congressional committee, and that's when I, oh, boy, and he's still there. How? When does his term run out, by the way? All these major institutions are going woke. Really, the last holdout, there were two. The military, uh, which is going fast. Law enforcement, though. Law enforcement was kind of, and they have their eye on it. I'm talking about the left, the, what do they call it, the the academy of the left. From academics to uh, Democrat office holders to the squad to uh, George Soros, the academy, all of those people, all of those entities, they've had their sights set on law enforcement. If we can take over law enforcement, well, we're there. What institution does the left not dominate? Let's think about that. What institution does the left not dominate? Completely dominate right now. Um, I I can't think of one. I mean, I I uh, there's got to be some. The restaurant industry. I uh, they've got enough trouble. The restaurant is has the restaurant industry gone woke? I don't know. Maybe it has. Maybe it hasn't. But everything else is either woke or going woke. And it's in certain industries that's fine. It's stylish. It's neat. It's stylish. Isn't that stylish? Remember Dirty Harry? It was a great movie. Magnum Force. And they force him, they force Dirty Harry to uh, interview female police candidates for, you know, the homicide division. And none of them have the right experience. But they tell Callahan that you must hire one of these women. And he said, well, isn't that stylish? (laughs) It's stylish. And that's really, yeah, stylish. 50 years ago they were pushing this stuff. But guys like Callahan pushed back. And said, no. <laughs> or said, go ahead, make my day. Now, it's a different, ooh, a different, different, way different. They're folding. They are folding. The rank and file cops, no. But some of these guys, do you remember the one in Atlanta? The Atlanta spa shooting. So, some nut job goes into a bunch of massage parlors and kills all the workers there. Several, several of them. A lot of them were Asian. Some of them were white. And they asked the guy, so why'd you do this? And he said, well, I'm a sex addict, and I I think that I took it out on them. I took it out on the workers in this place. Because let's face it, some of these places, uh, what did Jerry Seinfeld called it? The, these were the happy ending massage uh, places. Happy ending. And this kid was addicted to going there. It's fascinating, by the way. These, these massage uh, situations, these massage parlors were all over the network news. President Biden went there to speak about it, along with Kamala Harris. And nobody mentioned what almost everybody knew, that these were happy-ending establishments. That's what they, that's, that's what they were. Um, of course, uh, that doesn't justify anything. Of course not. But it's a part of the story that was ignored so they could develop and uh, run with this uh, white supremacy narrative. So the cop comes forward and says, at a big press conference, as best as we can tell, uh, he was upset because uh, he, uh, he he had some sort of sex addiction and he was blaming it on these workers. And I'm sorry, what's that? Oh, no, no, we do not think race played a role in his decision. How can he say that? How can he possibly say that? How could he ever say that? I mean, Gail King was on the news the next day you know, beating up on this poor sergeant in the sheriff's department. How could you possibly say that? And they reassigned him, and I think they may have fired him, too. That has a chilling effect. That is a chilling effect on law enforcement. That means don't do your job. Play our game. Play the woke game. 
because if you do your job, we may hammer you for doing it. Colorado Springs. I, I mean, I feel like these some of these uh, departments, they're more like funeral directors, undertakers. You know, with the moment of silence and then another moment of silence, and then we want to say the names and we want thoughts and prayers and we're going to use the pronouns. And there is a time and place for all that stuff. But the cops are supposed to stick to the facts, right? What do you know and what can you tell us? Why aren't they telling us more? Well, it could compromise. What can it compromise exactly? What can it compromise? You know, sometimes the public can help. And they've been taught not to trust the public. Everyone seems to be running scared. The worst thing you can be called in the world these days is, a well, it's a, it's a meaningless joke now. You're a racist. It's like, that's what you say, you're a jerk. It's the easiest, silliest, laziest thing to call somebody. Being a racist, a true racist, is awful. It's reprehensible. But if a cup of coffee is racist, then nothing is racist, right? We are in a strange, strange place, and it's affecting public safety. It's affecting national security, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You want to know what diversity, equity, and inclusion looks like? Watch one of the briefings from Corrine Jean-Pierre, who I was rooting for, by the way, and she's probably got a great head on her shoulders and would do very well somewhere in the administration. I found out recently that she's from Hempstead. Uh, I got a big place in my heart, Hempstead, Long Island. Great, great community. Yes, they've had their problems, but a great community. I grew up uh, very close by and went there all the time. Times Square stores and all that stuff. Peninsula Boulevard, Fulton Street, A&S's. A&S. Remember Abraham and Strauss? They had a big one there, and uh, I used to love going there. So Hempstead, and she's from Hempstead, and that's beautiful. But she should not be talking for a living behind the microphone in the White House briefing room. She's a total and complete disaster, and everybody can see it, but nobody can say it. Why? Because, well, this is a diversity, equity, and inclusion thing. Uh, Here's a reminder that uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion will not set you free. Did you hear about the... Uh, who is this guy? The deputy assistant secretary of energy just got caught stealing suitcases at the airport. Sam Brinton is his name. I, I only know the I'm actually familiar with the deputy assistant secretary of energy. Why? Because they made such a big deal about it because Sam Brinton liked to wear women's clothes and whips, lipstick to work. And the name being Sam, you could gather and the way Sam looks, even in the women's clothes and makeup, Sam is a biological male. But I'm sorry, I guess uh, with the dresses and the shoes, uh, Sam is fabulous. They made such a big deal about Sam wears a dress to work. Look at me and Sam, too, on social media. I am special. I have status. I have power. I have this big job in the Department of Energy, and look at me flaunting my stuff. Uh, Now we're finally, two years after Black Lives Matter summer, some of these chickens are coming home to roost. We are seeing that uh, these diversity stunt hires, like Sam Brinton at the Energy Department, um, it's a big roll of the dice. And actually, I'm going to say this. If you hire somebody like Sam Brinton, who is spending most of his or her waking hours thinking about dresses and how to shock people on Instagram, they're probably not going to be a very good good at being a deputy assistant secretary of the Energy for Waste Management and Disposal which is a very technical job, by the way. Sam Brinton, back when – I don't think Sam Brinton got 
his or her degree from Massachusetts Institute of Technology, where she graduated from, he graduated from, um, by flaunting on social media the entire time. Good thing for uh, him that social media wasn't that big when they're going through the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, doing something of value, creating something, achieving something. It's still hard work, and if you noticed, nobody really wants to work very hard. It's too much trouble. Why not just take a picture and send it out to my friends and get an instant rush of, uh, I don't know, just uh, uh, recognition and uh, just the, the endorphins that come with that? We're in a very, very silly place. Can we save law enforcement somehow? You know who's leading the way, those Capitol Hill cops. Ooh, later on, I'm going to read an excerpt from my new book, uh, Justice for All, How the Left Wants to Destroy Law Enforcement, available wherever books are sold. Yes, by Greg Kelly. It comes out January 10th, but you can pre-order it. Now, the publisher loves the pre-order. They love the pre-order. So you click on the tab or you go to the bookstore, better yet. You go to the independent bookstore and you say, I want to buy the new Greg Kelly book. And uh, they'll say, hopefully they'll say, of course, right here, sign up. You're the 80th person who's come in looking for this book. Some bookstore owner will probably say to you, we will not be carrying that book. I hope that doesn't happen because mm, most people who work in bookstores, they're pretty intellectual and they like the, the contest of ideas. And, yes, I am a conservative and I am not woke and that's fine, right? It should be. I don't want anybody canceled for their ideas. I don't want anybody canceled. Oh, with the possible exception, uh, look, I don't think Kanye knows any better. He is having a nervous breakdown in front of everybody. You know, Charlie Sheen said some pretty crazy things, and we we watched him implode, and everybody found it delightful. Um, Anti-Semitism is the worst thing. I don't think Kanye recognizes how stupid some of the stuff he's been saying. But, of course, since uh, he said it in October and he meets Donald Trump in November, then Donald Trump must be responsible. I can't stand all these rhinos giving Donald Trump a hard time. Oh, gosh. they Why are they so desperate to keep him out and to blame him and to tarnish him and to cancel him? And they have been from the very beginning. A friend of mine, Mark, mentioned this. Uh, Rush Limbaugh said, if an outs- outsiders must be stopped, Outsiders are the gravest threat to the insider because if an outsider can do it, what need do you have for the uh, for the insider? Rush said it much more eloquently, and I'll have that exact quote. Oh, and my special book excerpt when I come back. Be right back. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, hi. Hey, this is what Rush Limbaugh said. The Oh, man, do we miss him or what? Washington can't afford for President Trump to succeed. If an outsider like Trump can fix the messes they've created over decades, the people will never vote for the establishment again. 
Washington cannot afford for President Trump to succeed. If an outsider like Trump can fix the messes they've created over decades, the people will never vote for them uh, again, never vote for the establishment again. And that's what really came through. You know, I saw Paul, uh, what's his name again, Paul uh, Paul Ryan, all smug, worth probably at this point at least $100 million, as he is now the professional ex-speaker of the House of Representatives. If you look it up, well, go to his Twitter. I will right now, actually. Um, Paul, I want to say Paul Pelosi. <laughs> Paul Ryan. And his Twitter handle is at Speaker Ryan. And you know what you're dealing with when you uh, deal with Speaker Ryan on Twitter? Was it what his bio is? Office of the 54th Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. So he's a professional Speaker of the House, even though he's no longer the Speaker of the House. He's no longer a congressman. But you can dine out like this forever. And he's upset. He's upset. If only they had if only they had chosen more traditional candidates, you know, the ones like us. Now, Paul Ryan decides at the age of 28 that he can be a con- that he can represent 500,000 people from Wisconsin in the House of Representatives, certain kind of arrogance, certain kind of hubris. And uh, now he even gets to entertain. Oh, will you run for president someday? Will you run for president someday? They are all terrible. Very, very, very terrible. Don't you agree? All right, so look, the book, my book situation is, it's a great situation to have. Um, I'm very proud of it. It's called Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And I'm about to read a portion to you. It's not, you know, look, law enforcement has its problems, by the way. And I point them out. Uh, One of the biggest problems we got, the Capitol Hill Police, the Capitol Police, Remember the January 6th stuff, which is not over, by the way. Hopefully the Republicans are going to re-engage and ask the previously unasked questions, right? Like, (laughs) what about those cops who let people in? But I write this on page, where is it in the book? Uh, This is page 170. Um, Shall I? Do I have time? Actually, I'm right up against a break. Uh, Real quick, Patricia in Brooklyn, then I'm going to go to a commercial break. What do you have to say? Yes, Gregory, this is off the topic. Um... I just read on my phone, Eric Adams is going to be picking up people. It's written involuntarily that act, you know, crazy on the subways and put them in hospitals. I agree with that, but I'm just wondering if the ACLU is going to have a canary. No, here's what's going on, okay? This is a kind of a fake news story. This is a stunt by Eric Adams, okay? He's trying to appeal like to people like you, and I got a couple of other texts about this. Like, ooh, Eric Adams is doing the right thing when it comes to uh, – you know, cleaning up the streets. He's going to put people, you know, the mentally ill. He may have them involuntarily committed. Police already have that authority. What do they do if somebody's harming themselves and they see it right there? They can bring them to the emergency room, the psychiatric emergency room. There is one, by the way. Cops, he's already, ta- he's bragging about something they can already do, essentially. Looks like he may want to cut the judge out of it, but uh, no, this is, a, this is a slimy guy trying to take credit where none is due. Thanks, Patricia. I'll be back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We need to figure out how to address the party's ongoing Donald Trump problem. 
His latest stunt, vile, even for Trump. His dinner at Mar-a-Lago with rapper Ye, formerly known as Kanye West. Former President Donald Trump under fire today over a meeting uh, with Kanye West. He brought Kanye West there, Ye, who just not months ago, not years ago, weeks ago was using anti-Semitic garbage. The um, mainstream media having their latest fake freakout over Donald Trump. And this whole thing with Kanye, which is the whole thing is a kind of a joke. I'm sick of it. But we'll point this out. Uh, number one, Donald Trump, as you know, is no anti-Semite. All right? No anti-Semite. We talked about this. Uh, if I had a friend who went off the deep end and started spouting anti-Semitic stuff, well, you know what politicians do? They they cancel that person. I never met that person. I never liked that person. I'm never going to see that person again. They're horrible, 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 right? Now, what does a real what does a, a real person do? If you have a real friend or a real associate or somebody who's clearly lost it, do you just announce to the world, I'm never going to, I've never had anything to do with him, I never will have anything to do with him? No, you might, I think, hopefully try to correct the situation, try to help that friend out, try to educate that person. And I think the conversation could have been something like this, Kanye, what the hell are you doing? Kanye, what's, are you crazy? Come on now, you're better than this. What do you, did you really say that? Because I see that you said, um, I can see that. I can see myself having a conversation like that. I mean, when has the fake news lied to us about what somebody said? Hey, when is the last time there's been a Twitter mishap and somebody says, uh, my, twi- my Twitter got hacked? Well, that usually is not the real story, but whatever. Um, there's, uh, I think, room for compassion. All right? I do. Uh, so, and the other thing about the Kanye, Kanye situation. So he made an anti-Semitic statement in October. A couple of days after that. And that's why I'm like, I kind of forgot, did he make an anti-Semitic statement or not? Because... I distinctly remembered a bunch of headlines about Kanye, totally unrelated to the uh, Jewish thing, after he made that comment on Twitter about Jews. A horrible comment, by the way. I'll get to that in a second. But all these mainstream media organizations were like, Kanye uh, on date night with his new gal pal. She's a model! Exclamation point. Kanye has a tender moment with Kim Kardashian at children's soccer game. Uh, Kanye gets into a fight with parent at <laughs> the same children's soccer game. There are all kinds of regular, you know, Kanye West is uh, still a celebrity, and we document what celebrities do after he made the offensive thing, which was, what did, what did he say? I'm going DEFCON 3, DEFCON 3 on Jews starting tomorrow. Now, the thing that really creeps me out about that, I mean, it has this genocidal thing, DEFCON, DEFCON. That's, uh, I think he said DEFCON, but it really is DEFCON, Defensive Condition 3. Back during the Cold War, we may still have it, but we had our forces on a certain level of alert. I can't remember if DEFCON 1 is the highest or if DEFCON goes from 1 to 5. And I don't know if it's 1 to, you know, DEFCON 5, I think, is the worst. So DEFCON 3 is the middle one. Anyway, there was something even vaguely genocidal about it. So this is horrible, horrible stuff. And Donald Trump met with him, I'm going to say, maybe to straighten him out. And then to help a person, Kanye asked for that meeting. He got the meeting, and then he then he blew it all up. And even today, it's you know, Trump Trump must renounce. Trump must do this. Trump can never, ever, ever be this or that. And it took me about eight seconds to find it. And I'm like, didn't, Do- didn't, yeah, didn't Barack Obama hang out with a somebody who brought anti-Semitism, it wasn't just one one tweet, one horrible, ugly, anti-Semitic tweet. His entire career has been one giant anti-Semitic, ugly creed. 
screed. I'm talking about Louis Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan and Barack Obama, good friends. You don't hear about Louis Farrakhan as much in the news, but he's alive. I think he lives in Chicago. Here's Louis Farrakhan. Here's one of the more benign passages we found from Louis Farrakhan. Cut 31, please. If you look at that white man, he's a lion fan and a murderous human being. There is no human being on earth that has murdered more living things than the Caucasian. He's a murderer and a liar. Take it or leave it, brother. Yeah, thanks, thanks. I'm going to leave that one. Um, And the Jews are behind it all, right, Lewis? Oh, boy, he's a bad, bad, bad guy. And his poison has infected so many people, especially in prisons, by the way. Prisons. A lot of folks go in there Christian and they, they leave uh, you know, believing in Farrakhan and his hate. Oh, that reminds me. I was watching CBS 2 yesterday and they had coming up at six, the man sentenced in Buffalo uh, for that horrible rampage. Remember the, the shooting at the grocery store? He's going to jail, prison for the rest of his life. That's good. But I heard some of the witnesses come forward and just some people in the community. And they're talking about this white poison must be stopped. All these white people, they're complaining about white people. Like, I just can't imagine the reverse. The, the, the reverse would be racist. And quite frankly, that's racist. It is. It is. Why is it? Why have we gotten to this place? Hmm? It's really, it's a bizarre. It's like the Twilight Zone. It's like a never ending episode of the Twilight Zone. But there are some beacons of sanity out there like me and you and my new book you want to read i'm going to read you a little portion okay i love it i love it no one else is saying it no one certainly is writing about it in a book but i am and it's important it's important i think some of these moments have to be memorialized in a book uh hopefully hopefully history will look back and say well there are some people who are not afraid and one thing i've pointed out well let me take it this is from page 170 in my new book which is called Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Available wherever books are sold, but do me a favor, the independent bookstore is probably the best bet. Published by Simon & Schuster and their imprint, uh, Threshold Books. Are you ready? Here we go. America was subjected to congressional hearings in the summer of 2021 that went on for days, with members of the Capitol Police weeping about what they suffered on January 6th. Whenever I find myself in a discussion about January 6th with one of those rare individuals who believe the narrative that it really was an insurrection and a coup attempt, I am always informed that the police were attacked. Now, it is true. Some officers were injured on that day, and that's obviously nothing to celebrate. It should be condemned. But who promised the Capitol Police that they would never have to deal with a riot Crowd control and policing protests are a basic duty of law enforcement. They are trained in, and it's an expected part of the job. I am 100% in favor of law and order and believe that people who attack police officers should be prosecuted. I think that the people who conducted violence on January 6th were terrible. But now the left is suddenly a fan of the police. None of the people, Pelosi and company included, who were so horrified by the actions of the mob on January 6th, expressed anything but satisfaction when police were attacked throughout the George Floyd summer extravaganza. As Pelosi said then, people will do what they do. 
the Department of Justice under Biden has dedicated itself to tracking down and arresting anyone who entered the Capitol on January 6th, and even people who weren't anywhere near Washington, D.C. Hundreds of people who did nothing more than walk into the Capitol, in some cases after having been waved in by Capitol Police, have languished in jail, some in solitary confinement. Many have been denied bail. Attorney General Merrick Garland indicates that he plans this investigation to go on for years. Wow. It's true. It's true. And I'm sorry. Capitol Police, riots happened. That's what you're there for. My name is Michael Fanone, and I never should have, you never should have been here. The way my, the way I've been treated is disgraceful. It's kind of funny when you go to Amazon, uh, you see my book, and guess whose book is right next to it? Fanone's. <laughs> if you like this book, you might like that book. No, I don't think actually that's true, but, uh, <laughs> that's where the, the algorithm works. Chris is in cat, the cat skills. Did you call the other day? Hi again. What's up? Hey, how's it going? I'm trying to take you off speaker. Uh, you brought up the killings at the University of Idaho on Inside Edition last night, the program that Bill O'Reilly created back over 30 years ago. They had an interesting story about how there was similar murders in Idaho. A married couple was stabbed to death in their sleep, and then there was a woman in Washington State, 200 miles away, uh, like a little over two years prior that was stabbed to death during her sleep. And all these murders happened on the 13th day of the month. And there was speculation that there might be a correlation, but the, uh, the police department in the town of Idaho, where the University of Idaho is, was dismissing the potential correlation. Well, that's interesting. Very interesting. Could it be a serial killer? A serial killer. Uh, you wonder... Uh, maybe the, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, what do you think about this, though? Don't you think? I mean, with all that we count on the police to do, you know, catch the bad guys, prevent crime, investigate uh, crime. I think the diversity, equity, and inclusion stuff is, is just going to take them away from their focus and ultimately put us all at risk. I really believe that. I really believe that we would not have lost Afghanistan if we had not saddled the military with all this other junk. What do you think? I think nobody's going to win. Afghanistan wasn't a winning war to begin with. And I know you've spoke out against going into the Middle East like uh, people like Bernard McGurk did in the beginning and Donald Trump did in the beginning. But uh, uh, more of this type of stuff and less of January 6th, man. I'm not a fan of hearing about that, but I just figured. I'd well, wait, I, I, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry if you're not a fan of hearing about January 6th. I can't help. I mean, look, a woman was murdered. A woman on television was murdered, and you're not a fan of getting – I mean, that's fine. You don't have to be a fan, whatever, but uh, this is – I guess it's a personal cause. And from what I know about the audience and what I know about what I've seen, what I sense, there is a demand and a thirst for real justice and to ask questions that have not been asked. Uh, I'm sorry, pal. Uh, Ashley Babbitt was shot on television, and you think we should move on. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I can't I can't uh, I can't stop thinking about her, to be honest, and that so much, including you. I mean, and there are Republicans on the House. Oh, we can't talk about January 6th anymore. Um, no, we can. And I think we should find it because I think it was a setup. It was a false flag operation. Why were those cops letting people in? But you don't want to talk about it. Hey, by the way, I was never against going into Afghanistan. 
I was all for going into Afghanistan. But because it was Bush, we went in light and we went in late. You know, we waited six weeks before we went to Afghanistan. We could have been pounding the hell out of Afghanistan six hours after 9-11. Six hours. That's how long it would have taken to launch a B-2 from uh, Diego Garcia. Is that the name of that little island in the Indian Ocean? We could have been pounding bin Laden. Instead, we gave him a great big giant head start. So we needed to go into Afghanistan, but we didn't need to go create democracy. We needed to kill the terrorists, especially bin Laden, especially Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, especially those guys and their terror camps. We gave them a great big fat head start, and we haven't caught up since. Thanks, Chris. August is in New Jersey. Hello. Hey, yes, Greg. Good to, good to uh, talk to you. I want to talk to you about the border. Uh, what, what's going on down there? I saw a, I saw a, 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 a tweet that came out from the spokesperson with China, and they, and they were kind of rubbing in that there's a, a million in COVID deaths, um, 107,000 fentanyl deaths. And I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at it, and I'm saying they're, they're sticking the thumb in the eye because they caused it. And I, and I look at that, and I'm, the, the response on, on the, with the commentary on it, it just it just wasn't it just wasn't there. My, my what do you mean the response is, wasn't there? What do you mean by that? The response. It was, it was, I was watching the show on on another network, and they, they you know they kind of talk about it like it was just like you know oh how insulting that was. You know what we need? You know who would have taken this crap? You ready for this? This is how this is how you deal with China. All right. Tell me if this voice sounds familiar. Cut thirty nine, if you don't mind. Cut thirty nine. It was China's fault. And China is going to pay a big price what they've done to this country. China is going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. This was China's fault. And just remember that. Just remember that. Just remember that. What do we have now? We have a bunch of diplomats not doing anything. And we got Joe Biden bragging about how good friends he is with President Xi. Cut 40, please. Cut 40. I've spent more time with Xi Jinping, at least before we get out, than any world leader has. I've traveled 17,000 miles with him, the president of China. I probably spent more time with Xi Jinping, I'm told, than any world leader has because I, I had 24, 25 hours of private meetings with him when I was vice president, traveled 17,000 miles with him, and know him pretty well. I've spent more time <laughs> with President Xi of China than any world leader has. You know why he's doing this? For 24 hours of private meetings with him. I've spoken and spent more time with Xi Jinping than any other world leader has. I've had hours. You know, hours. all right. You know what's going on here? He's bragging to clients, potential clients. If you want to do business, I'm the guy. But you got to see Hunter first. That's it. That's what's going on here. Absolutely, absolutely. It is so clear, crystal clear. It was China's fault. What do you prefer? I've been on a plane. Uh, I, I, you, if we were on a plane, we could go to the moon and back. She and me. You prefer that, or you prefer Trump? It was China's fault, and China's going to pay a big price what they've done to this country. China's going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. This was China's fault, and just remember that. Just remember that. We'll never forget. Thank you. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Fooling everybody, fooling everybody. How long has he been mayor now? 11 months, right? 11 months, and he has come out with a plan. I have an 11 points plan to uh, 
uh, on mental health legislation, uh, 11 point is 11 point on the 11 point mental health plan just in the nick of time. Uh, so he came out with this thing. The headline is, uh, oh, wow, Eric Adams getting tough and putting people into uh, mental health facilities who need it, whether they like it or not. Wow, that's what we voted for, right? Eric Adams, tough on crime. I always knew he was a crime fighter. Don't fall for the fake news. Do not fall for the fake news. This is a crock. This is made-up stuff. I'll give him credit. Eric Adams and uh, his little uh, his little buddies there at City Hall are fooling people. Mayor Adams announced his plan to provide care for individuals suffering from untreated severe mental illness across NYC. Um, look, the cops can already do this. The cops can already do this. You have an EDP, an emotionally disturbed person, the cops should and can bring them to the emergency room. All right? Somebody's doing crazy stuff. You can bring them right to the emergency room. If uh, it looks especially if it's imminent imminent danger to themselves or others, sure, you can bring them in. You can bring them right there. Um, and it's funny. If you really look at this statement, it's it's not anything new. Mayor issues directive clarifying responsibility, clarifying to provide care, clarifying so they're just talking about policies that are they're all they're just kind of re-emphasizing policies that are already there okay and i'm sorry i'm not going to get excited about he's 11 months into his job and he now comes out with an 11 point uh plan to deal with the mental health crisis. 11 point plan wow if you read this big announcement of his you can go a little bit you can just look at the pablum it's full of pablum The NYPD works day and night to improve the quality of life of all New Yorkers, especially our city's most vulnerable populations. This is a longstanding and very complex issue, and we will work, continue to work closely with our many partners to ensure that everyone has access to the services they require. This deserves the full support and attention of our collective efforts. Does that say anything? No, that's the way you talk if you want to kill time. All right, that's killing time talk. Let's see. The fire department said something. Responding to New Yorkers in need is the mission of the fire department. And we are proud to partner with Mayor Adams in addressing this critical public safety issue. And remember, what is he doing? Well, he's issuing an 11 point legislative plan. The cops can already take emotionally disturbed people right to the hospital, whether they like it or not. All right. This is. And then I see the New York Post and oh, gosh, and the Daily Mail and uh, maybe even the Daily Wire. And they'll forget. Everybody forgets, or they don't know. But the cops already have this authority. And by the way, the cops do have it tough enough, right? You want to arrest somebody, everybody wants to make a federal case out of it, literally. And New Yorkers, uh, they take out their cameras to document it all with their cell phone cameras, try to get cops in trouble. Uh, This is going to be even stickier, you can imagine. It's stickier trying to bring somebody in. It's probably, there are probably very few actual cases that exists anyway. But, hey, look, he's all about the headlines. He got to wear his uh, special uh, three-piece suit with the vest, is double-breasted. I have never seen anything like that in my life. The only person I've seen ever wear something like that, I think, was Grover Cleveland in his presidential uh, portrait. Grover Cleveland, Wilbur Wright, and Eric Adams. It's too much. Uh, oh, we're almost out of time. Hey, real quick, Lisa, what's up? I was just talking about the fire department. 
Okay, here, the biggest threat to New York City and safety is making the fire department woke. I don't know if you haven't addressed yet his new initiative about diversity, equity, and especially with women and having changing rooms. I don't want a woman. I don't want an ethnic group. I want the strongest, most capable person to rescue me. This is such a disaster. Destroy the police. Destroy the, the lawyers. But the fire department, especially that most recent brilliant brave rescue, this is going to destroy 9-11. Lisa, you are correct. You are so right. And I remember when they uh, swore in the new commissioner, it was all about her being a woman, nothing else. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sorry about that. Hold on. Uh, I'm back. Everybody, let's go out there and support Herschel Walker next week. It's next week, December 6th. I really hope he gets it. That Warnock guy. How is it? How is it you can run over your wife's foot? And um, everybody's okay with it. <laughs> he ran over his wife's foot. Um, he is a bad, bad guy, as far as I can tell, that Raphael Warnock. Sorry, but if you run over your wife's foot and it's caught on a police body cam, there are certain things you cannot do in life. And one of those, I believe, is running for and winning a seat in the United States Senate. That makes you uh, that makes you ineligible, doesn't it? I think that does. Uh, Herschel Walker. Well, what about Herschel Walker? He did this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, of course he did. Just ask Gloria Allred, right? Gloria Allred is the one who came up with all that stuff. I am not buying it. I don't buy it for, uh, no. Herschel's a good guy, and he's much better than the fake news, and even a lot of Republicans are giving him credit for. Okay, remember that. Here's a Republican I don't like. Asa Hutchinson. Who's that? He's currently the governor of uh, Arkansas. He thinks he's a big shot. Asa. ASA, I think that's a Southern name, ASA. He wants to be president of the United States. He's a Republican. He he does not have it. Sorry, ASA. This is not going to happen for you. And what is he doing? Of course, he's playing the fake news game. And this is how the fake news will embrace you if you're a Republican. Say something bad about Trump. Say something bad about Trump, and you are in. And that's what they do. They always say it. Remember, they did it with... uh, you know, denounce, you got to denounce white supremacy. You got to denounce the Proud Boys. You got to denounce Donald Trump. And they're back at it. Here's this. It's, it's almost like a script. Cut 34, Asa Hutchinson on the CNN Sunday show, State of the Union. What's your reaction to seeing a former U.S. president associate with someone like that? Well, I hope someday we won't have to be responding to what uh, uh, former President Trump has said or done. In this instance, it's important to respond. It's very troubling, and it shouldn't happen. And uh, we need to avoid uh, those kinds of empowering the extremes. And when you meet with people, you empower. And that's what you have to avoid. You want to diminish their strength, not empower them. Stay away from it. Well, when you meet with people, you empower them. Okay, so Asa, you're going to be very careful about who you meet with. You're only going to meet with the best and the brightest, right, Asa Hutchinson, as you go forward in your pathetic attempt to become president of the United States as you play the fake news game? You didn't convince any viewers there or any voters. 
You convince some booker at CNN that you're a good guy, that you'll play ball with them when it comes to this stupid stuff. You'll say what you're supposed to say. Huh. Now, I did see a guy. He was on uh, also on CNN. He used to work for Trump. I should play this in its entirety. Don Lemon and the anti-Semitism debate. <laughs> that they had on on CNN. It is such a silly conversation. Remember, Barack Obama hung out with Farrakhan. I'm about to launch a tweet with this picture. Fame, it should be a famous picture, but very few people have actually seen it. Um, it's Barack Obama with Louis Farrakhan, and there they are together. And it's uh, it's quite something, actually. They seem very, very chummy. And Farrakhan is, he's made a career out of bigotry. He's made bigotry, especially anti-Semitic bigotry, a movement and somehow righteous in the eyes of the left. It's somehow righteous to be bigoted in the sense of, uh, in, in the way that Farrakhan is. And he's a disgusting person. You know something else that we have, maybe we should have a conversation about this. Because there are people who actually think Malcolm X was a good guy. He picked up Malcolm X's uh, autobiography, you know, just so I can say I read it. After about 80 pages, I had to put it down. I put it down the first time he said, the white man is the devil. It's like, okay, I've had enough of this guy. I have had enough of this guy. And this is considered beautiful literature. This is they make a movie about it, and they get the greatest actor in the world, Denzel Washington, to portray Malcolm X. I don't think that I, I, I – wow. We are gone. We are gone. We are gone. We are gone. And I don't know when we're going to be found again. You know, this voting thing, which everybody's just back to business as usual, we're going to lose. And when I say we, I mean the forces of uh, 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 sanity are going to lose the next election and the, the election after that. That This mail-in voting stuff, we are screwed forever. We are totally – now, anything can happen. God can correct all of this in one fell swoop. All right, with a flick, with a little flick, he can correct it all. He can change everything. But we can't just sit around waiting for that. He wants us to do our part. And one thing we got to do is read John Fun's book. <laughs> all right, it doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun to read John Fun's book about voting, but if you want to, you can. I'm devouring it, and I got to see what we can do with this. How do we compete in a system where you can walk around Nevada, say? Hand out ballots, tell people to fill them out, and give them back to you, and you go hand them in. And you can do that for money. All we do is, what we'd like to do is show up on Election Day. That's the way it should be. They'll never give us that power again. They'll never, ever give us that power again. That's their plan, and we can't let them succeed. Hey, when it comes to anti-Semitism, you know who's who's right up there? Uh, good guy, nice guy, Nick Cannon. Yeah, Nick Cannon. He was one of those guys. He's been around for a long time. What is his talent? I'm not exactly sure. It's pretty funny. He's pretty quick. He was on that America's Got Talent show. And what else did he do? He was on, I don't know, but he's kind of famous for being famous, I guess, at this point, and famous for having 27 kids, and famous for once being married to Mariah Carey. Uh... He ran into a bit of trouble a while back, but all is forgiven because uh, the timing was good for him. I believe this happened before Black Lives Matter summer. So here's um, Nick Cannon talking about if you don't have enough melanin in your skin, 
you are a bad person. He actually said that, cut 32. And there's a heavy, I don't quite understand it. If you listen to the whole podcast, there's a heavy anti-Semitic direction this whole thing is going on. Now, Nick Cannon, by the way, after this, they gave him, what do they give him? <laughs> a daytime talk show. A daytime talk. You and me, they put into prison. Uh, they give him a daytime talk show. Nick Cannon, cut 32. Melanin comes with compassion. Melanin comes with soul that mm -hmm. we call it. We call it soul. We soul brothers and sisters. That's the melanin that connects us. Right. So the people that don't have it have are are a little, and I'm, I'm going to say this carefully, <laughs> are a little less and 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 where the term actually comes from, because I'm bringing it all the way back around okay. to, to Minister Farrakhan, to where they may not have the compassion or the the when they were sent to the mountains of Caucasus, when they when they didn't have the power of the sun, that was that the sun then started to deteriorate mm -hmm. them. So then they're acting out of fear. They're acting out of low self-esteem they're acting out of a, a deficiency mm -hmm. so therefore the only way that they can act is evil the only way they can they, they have to rob steal rape kill and fight or flight okay. in, or, in order to survive exactly so then exactly people who didn't have what we had and when i say we i speak of the mm -hmm. melanated people melanated people black people if you don't have the melon if you're not of our color then you are evil and you got to rape and pillage and steal because uh, up in the mountains there, what the hell happened? Uh, Nick uh, Cannon is not the only one who thinks this way. These 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 ideas are sadly and tragically more, I don't want to say mainstream, but more commonly held than you might think. And uh, you've seen the, the rise in anti-Semitism. It comes from these kinds of folks, by the way, with these views. And it comes from people sanctioned by the left. Anyway, he got into a little bit of trouble after that, but all was forgiven. George Floyd died, and they had to hire everybody they can get their hands on, uh, particularly people of color, install them. Look at us. We're virtuous, right? Look at us. We got this show featuring this guy. I hate to say it, but it's actually that simple. And in some of those desperate hires to show how virtuous and good uh, people were, you know, management, uh, networks, uh, book publishers, well, uh, we're finding out that they're, no, they're just uh, people, and some of them, at least 10% of them are thoroughly corrupt and lost, like that Sam Brinton character, the Department of Energy uh, Deputy Secretary for Waste Management and Nuclear Transfer. That's a very big, sensitive job. And this guy's, I guess he went to Massachusetts Institute of Technology, which is kind of a great credential, but his real credential, what made him valuable, what made him somebody they wanted to have around, was the fact that he was a biological man who liked to show up in, at work in women's clothes, especially a big job like that. Did I tell you what I saw? Uh, what do you think of this when somebody says, the future is non-binary? The future is non-binary. The future is neither male nor female. It's non-binary. It's who the hell knows what that means. Gender fluid, non-binary. I am neither man nor woman. I am uh, something else. I am this. I am whatever. I am my genitals. I am my lack of genitals. I am my mutilated genitals. I am I am sex. I am that. I am that one thing. I am that one urge. Identify me by this this word, this pronoun, this uh pro, this name that is centered, created to celebrate my urges, my appetites. 
That's uh, that sounds pretty gross, right? Well, that's uh, and that also sounds something that it doesn't sound human to me. What's the difference between human beings and animals? What is the difference between human beings and animals? I mean, we can control our impulses, right? We uh, that's a big part of it. We have choice, right? They just have instinct. They don't know. They just are programmed to do a certain thing and they do it. Now, we're programmed as well. But since we're humans, since we operate at a higher level, since we have uh, free will and a conscious conscience, and uh, since we are we actually can have a relationship with God and knowing relationship with God, we are we are human. We're not animals. Um, but it seems like the United Nations wants us to be animals. So there's this Euro guy. You know those Euro guys? I envy them, by the way. They all weigh like 145 pounds, and they wear these little suits, and they, they look like they just got out of, uh, I don't know, uh, a Norwegian high-end boutique. They just look great, and they're all super fit, and they wear these perfect clothes that seem to have been manufactured for them by the, the European Space Agency. Everything's perfect. And we have this fellow who's in charge of uh, fight, standing up for human rights internationally, human rights. So this guy's got a lot on his plate, right? I mean, they're locking up old people in China, barricading them into apartment buildings and watching them burn to the ground. Uh, women are being uh, mutilated and shot and killed and strangled to death in Iran just because they want to go outside without a scarf on. Gay people are being thrown off of roofs. All right, this is really bad stuff, and it's happening globally. Compare it to America, this is a paradise. This is a paradise in many ways compared to so much of the world. Uh, with all the stuff that this guy, this Euro character, who's now the uh, international chief of human rights, they had a big write-up about him in the New York Times, and they show him at work. He has an office, a beautiful office. With, you know, I'm fascinated with the little trinkets that people put on their, uh, on their desk, and how they decorate their office. Uh, this guy has a one of those nameplates. You know, it says, like, Greg Kelly. So everybody who comes in the office can see my name. It's right there. Police used to have these things. Well, instead of his name, it says, the future is non-binary. The future is non-binary. Now, this is a guy who has got to uh, negotiate with warlords in Sudan. He's got to get warlords to stop um, trafficking in children. And having sex with them and uh, putting them into giving them guns and making them fight. That's what he should be focused on. Instead, he wants to talk about how <laughs> the future is non-binary. The future is... Susan, I don't... Uh, is the future non-binary to you? Welcome back. This is the one in the Finger Lakes region. Yes, I'm up here. I hope one day to come back to Brooklyn, where I happily lived for 36 years in the Prospect Park area. But for now, I'm uh, having a good time uh, with a couple little businesses. And all right, all right. So what's up? Tell me, politics. tell me what's up. Okay, all right. So the important thing is, um, we talked last week because I said that the FBI director um, from Detroit that was um, transferred. It is, I found it on the internet. His name and confirmed by Christopher Ray in a congressional hearing of some sort, August 4th, 2022, that, okay, what's this guy's name? Stephen D. Ann Tunata or something? Um, okay, so he was involved with the um, 
the what they call it, the entrapment. I'm going to read the, the quote here. Uh, Detroit field office during the entrapment. All right, wait, 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 wait. All right, so th- wait, 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 wait. Let's just, you don't have to read me the article. This is the guy who ran the operation, the sting operation, to get the so-called co-conspirators who were out to get Gretchen Whitmer. This is the guy who ran that case, and let's face it, a good chunk of it at least was an entrapment case. So this guy uh, builds on that success and goes to Washington, D.C., and is now involved in the January 6th persecutions, prosecutions and more accurately, persecutions, correct? No, that's not what I'm saying. Not necessarily the prosecutions, but that the uh, leading up to, because now there's quite a bit of information that What's his name? FBI involved with the uh, I, I know. I know all this. I know. We talked about it. I, what's his name? D and Stephen D. Apostrophe A N T. All right, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. No, thank. Yeah, I'll look it up. I too many, too many letters. Too many. uh, Anyway, all's good. Otherwise, Uh, yeah. But he was let out. I believe. I think he was then taken out by some um, whistleblower thing. So we really got to get to the bottom of this, like how this, you know, what the involvement. I hear you. You know what? Sometimes I maybe I should run for Congress. Maybe I can't wait until uh, maybe I should run for Congress. I'd have to wait three years to become mayor. Maybe I could run for Congress and uh, join forces with Jim Jordan and, and, and Gates and all those guys. Uh, something to think about. Hey, Susan, enjoy it up there. I'm so glad you called every time. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Only one minute. Oh, man. All right. Well, with this minute, uh, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. How do you feel? How do you feel? Uh, I feel fantastic because so far, intermittent fasting is working for me. Intermittent fasting. That means no breakfast. I drink coffee like a madman up until noon, and then I eat something, and I feel good and entitled, and I feel very, very full. Uh, and then I pick up the uh, – eat basically throughout the afternoon. Uh, it stops at 6 o'clock. No eating whatsoever after 6 p.m. Very, very important. And then you go 18 hours, and you can actually feel yourself getting smaller. You can feel yourself getting smaller in those 18 hours. Yes, it's tough. Hey, another thing to uh, help you when it comes to appetite suppressants, um, club soda. Those bubbles. Those bubbles actually work. Not diet soda, but club soda. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Anti-Semitism is uh, wrong and horrible, but I saw something kind of rich on (laughs) CNN. Did you hear about this? So they have this guy who worked with Donald Trump, and he was at the State Department. He's good. He's really solid on the issues, and he showed up to defend Trump from these outrageous allegations that he's some sort of anti-Semite because he had lunch with Kanye West. And he goes on the Don Lemon show. And this, keep this in mind. Uh, this, this man is the, is Jewish and he is the grandson of Holocaust survivors. That's, um, and he's about to get educated on, <laughs> on anti-Semitism by Don Lemon. Let me hear it. You know, if we're going to make Trump repudiate, uh, Kanye or, or a sidekick, I think we have to look at, uh, anti-Semitism in the halls of Congress from 
uh, Rashida Tlaib, from Ilhan Omar, from AOC, from the Rashida Tlaib, uh, they are not president of the look, United we States. We have to look at the mainstream. Sir, they're not of, the president of, of the United States. It, he's campuses. a former president of the United States, and this is not whataboutism. He met with an anti-Semite. So can we stick to the former president and not do whataboutism? It sounds like you're making excuses for him, and there's no excuse for well, bad behavior. Not, there's not, no excuse for anti-Semitism, and there's no excuse for being the former president and not knowing who you're allowing into a place where you have kept classified documents. Don, Don I, would, I, I, would, I would appreciate if you didn't put words in my mouth. I'm asking you if you else. entertain, do you condemn him for entertaining and meeting with anti-Semites? It's a very simple question. Well, I'm trying to give you an answer that uh, it's a yes I wish or you no. wouldn't have met with It's a yes or no. Uh, I didn't realize I was on a witness stand here, Don. <laughs> he should not have met with Kanye West and a sidekick. What I'm also trying to point out, Don, is that it behooves you and, uh, you know, CNN and every other press outlet to call it out when you see it, especially when it comes in the halls of Congress, especially when every Democratic presidential hopeful goes and I kisses think, the ring listen, of Al sir, Sharpton. I, um, you know, if you're going to make me, uh, you know, do a yes or no with you, yes or no, should Ilhan Omar be condemned? Yes or no, should... This is not about Omar or Tlaib. Yes or no, President them. Obama condemned Louis It's not about President Obama. And Jeremiah Wright. Yes this or no, Don. This is not about Jeremiah Wright. Yes or no, Don. Yes or no, Don. I love it. I love that part. I love that. Is a, what kind of interview says yes or no? Yes or no? <laughs> I didn't know I was on the witness stand here. Good for him. Good for that guy. And uh, that is, you know, the thing is, they tolerate anti-Semitism because so many of them on the left are anti-Semitic. That's why it's tolerated on the left. This is just the latest issue they think they can get Trump on, right? That, that's, that's all it is. They're, they don't care about anti-Semitism. I don't think they, quite frankly, care about protecting Jewish people. It's all about getting Trump. Anti-Semitism on the left is deep, it's ingrained, and it's scary. It's really scary also that they can take somebody like Donald Trump, somebody who has Jewish grandchildren, somebody, Ivanka, married Jared. Jared would not marry her unless she converted. She converted to the to the Jewish faith. The wedding was held at Bed- Bedminster. Uh, no greater friend. Get Bibi alone. Bibi Netanyahu. Ask him what he really thinks of Obama. And look, he may not tell you because he doesn't know you well enough, but uh, what you could do is just Google Bibi Netanyahu and Barack Obama and see the images that come up. (laughs) You can see Barack detests Bibi because many of us feel that, well, given his association with Louis Farrakhan and all this other stuff, that there might be an anti-Semitic strain inside uh, Barack Obama's soul. What do you think, huh? What do you think? Uh, Earl in Queens, uh, what do you think? Hi. What's going on, Greg? What's, how are you? I can't hear you. Are you in a truck? Yeah. I just wanted to talk about um, the statement you made about Malcolm X. Malcolm X, if you put the book down early, he actually went on a pilgrimage to Mecca, and when he came back, he was more in line with how Martin Luther King uh, was. He wasn't 
still thinking white people with devils and all of that. He stopped doing that. And that's one of the main reasons that he got killed by the, the Islam nation. Now, Farrakhan, Farrakhan's a little different. Farrakhan, he's a genius, but he has some type of uh, thing that, oh, black people, they don't, don't get a fair chance in America. So, um, therefore, we're going to separate from white people. This is dumb because anybody knows that anybody, all, all, all races, there are good people and there are bad people. So you can never separate. And if you really want to be together or, or, or have a good time, you have to show love to get love. You know what I'm saying? That, that's, that's number two. But I was always saying about Malcolm X is that they took, people say, oh, they tore down those statues. They need to tear down those statues. The, you know, the white people did, did, did that. But what about Malcolm X? Malcolm X was a, a burglar. He was a pimp. He was a, a, a drug pusher. Right? Are you going to take down uh, Lennox Avenue, Harlem, uh, Malcolm X sign? Because, because he did that back in the day? You know what's interesting. All right, you give me. All right, so wait. We agree about Farrakhan. You're telling me I put the book down too early on Malcolm X, and I grant you this. Even when I said it a while ago, when he starts talking about the white devil, and then he started making other observations about white people, might have, right around page eighty, I said I've had enough of this guy. When I put it down, I did think, well, maybe I should read the whole story if I'm going to have a really strong opinion about him. So, Earl, thanks to this phone call. I'm going to finish the book. Uh, yeah, I guess I have to read it now, the rest of it. And you're telling me at the end of it, by the end of it, he's a nice guy? He's on the line with, with Malcolm X, with, with uh, Martin Luther King's preaching. He and that's why they killed him. But yeah, I know about the, the the division there, the rift or whatever. All right, all right, dude, I'm going to check it out. I am going to finish it. Uh, and that's, But that is interesting. All right, let's pretend for a moment I read the book and I wind up liking him. And you're right about that. He was those things. And he actually put that in the book. He was a pimp. He was a drug dealer. He was a lot of awful things. And we still have, you know, there's a Malcolm X High School. There's a Malcolm X Boulevard. There's a Malcolm X uh, uh, University building somewhere. So interesting, Earl. I appreciate it. Everything else good? Yes, everything else good. All right. Good luck with the show. God bless. Thank you, sir. Thanks for the call. That is interesting. I And I did say that about Malcolm X. and I, I, I But I admit it. I did not finish the book. So I will read it again. I felt a little funny at one point reading the book because he was so full of hate. And it seemed to me that he had actually, like, that was the person. He was writing it as that person. It wasn't who he was at the time. But Earl makes a good point, and I will finish that book. Where is it? I think I have You see, I have it in the Kindle. I buy this stuff in the Kindle. The Kindle is like a book-buying machine, and it's very easy to buy a book. Uh, sometimes it makes it harder to stop it. Let me just make sure I got it. Malcolm X. Um, did anybody see the Malcolm X movie? I did not. Number one, it was too long. Oh, I did go to the Audubon uh, Auditorium in Upper Manhattan, and I I saw where they killed him. I saw where they killed him. They killed him in uh, in. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, Malcolm X, as told to Alex Haley. Oh, I didn't realize that it was. Uh, that he dictated it to Alex Haley. Let's see, what page was I on when I finished this thing? Uh, looks like I was in chapter 10, the Satan chapter, page 174. I got a little bit further in than I thought, but all right, time for me to finish the extra. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's 523 pages long. I will do it. I will do it. It's important. It is important. Uh it's also important to uh, buy my book, which is available everywhere books are sold. It does not come out till January 10th. Do me a favor. I know. I've been there. I generally don't buy books until they're uh, until they're actually out. I want to wait until they're out. Then I hit order. 
But if you go and tell the book guy at the bookstore that you want my book, um, it really will set me up very nicely to write another book. It's not about the cash. It is about uh, it's about the ability to um, to weigh in on other subjects and to be a voice. Hey, listen, Bill O'Reilly's not going to be around forever. He's got a couple of years on me. So uh, could I be the next Bill O'Reilly? Uh, gosh, if I could. Uh, just just one-tenth, one-tenth the contribution that guy made. Uh, Barbara. Oh, Barbara, hello. Welcome back. Hi. Hi, Greg. Glad to be back. Hey, you were talking about elections and about worrying about the next presidential election and will we, we lose it because of what's going on with the elections. And that's my great fear. And I know, though, that if I can do one thing, and that would be go to – through the vote and support them financially, even if I can only give a little each time, support them financially. They are so good with their movie, 2000 Mules, and so good with their court action that, of course, they had to put them in jail because they're over the target and they are finding the fraud. And so support them and do things that we can do in our communities with our own election process. But don't sit back and say, I can't do anything, because, yes, we each can and must. We each can and we we must, and um, we this is still America, and we can say things and we can do things. The handwritten letter works very well. Wait a second. I lost you for a second. Though. Who did they lock up? Who did you say they were doing a really good job, but they started putting him in jail? Who? Yes, Kathleen, Eng- Kathleen Engelbright, and I think the guy's name is Greg Phillips, who are the head of True the Vote, and those people have worked selflessly, tirelessly, been harassed by the IRS in their personal businesses and their personal tax returns, and still they have stuck with it to clear the voter rolls and make our elections reflect the correct votes, the the, the honest votes that are made. All right. I love it. You are, yeah. they, They spent time in jail to do that, and again, this election fraud is part of the Cloward and Piven plan of orchestrated crisis. So not only do we have the crisis at the border, but we have the, the fuel crisis. We have the energy crisis. We have the racial crisis. We have all these other artificially created crises. And one of their biggest goals was to create distrust in our electoral system because then the government will be overthrown, and they can come in with their own government, which is what we're seeing right now. And by the way, just do me a favor. Who came up with this crisis, the multiple crisis theory? And uh, Cloward, it's- yeah, two professors, Cloward and Piven, C-L-O-W-A-R-D and Piven, P-I-V-E-N. And they are big heroes to people like Hillary Clinton, like Barack Obama. Um, Are they still alive? He, he is not, but I believe she is. She might even be teaching still. All right. Well, you're so knowledgeable, Barbara. Thank you very, very much. Uh, hey, good to talk to you, Greg. Good to talk to you. You always get me a little bit worried, though. Uh, what do we do? What do we do again? What's the answer? What do we do? How do we stop all this? What Anything that comes up, any issue that I myself cannot work on, and of course, that's almost every issue, I, if I find a group or an organization that does good work, I support them. 
I give them a financial donation, even if it's a small one, as much as I can to support their work. I had a friend, Chris Ann Hall, who told me years ago and got me started on this love of our founding and our Constitution. Chris Ann Hall said, find one issue that speaks to you and devote yourself to that. And she said, trust that your patriot friends will take care of the other issues. And I have done that with religious freedom. I've worked on religious freedom for 10 years. That is my passion. That is my dedication. But I want to help other patriots who are working on other parts of our liberties. Ah, Barbara, thank God for you. All right. Very, very inspiring. You're the best. We appreciate it so much. All right. Okay. I love to hear that because, you know, so many patriots out there are working so hard. If people went to chrisannhall.com, they would find one of America's best speakers on our Constitution, on the state's rights, and on religious freedom. Hey, all right. What's his name? Fire under me. It's a woman. Her name is K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. She is incredible. How about that for sexism? I assumed it was a man. Did you catch that part? I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, it's a woman, although her husband's name is Chris. Okay. C-H-R-I-S. All right. Hey, Barbara, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And you know what? You may want to start a social media thing. Get on Twitter, Barbara. I think you can make a real difference uh, in that and so many other places. I'll be right back. Thank you. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So, the first Top Gun movie, the black guy died. Clarence Gilliard Jr. Why do I call him the black guy? Well, there was only one black guy in the movie. Maybe there should have been more, but he played the Rio. It's funny. I was looking up this guy. Must have been four months ago. I just, you ever get these thoughts like, whatever happened to so-and-so? And I thought he was really good in the movie. It was a small role, but it was a memorable role. And uh, go ahead and start playing this. Tom Cruise, you know, he loses Goose in that play, plane crash. He loses Goose. He can just, yeah. And But he's got to finish Top Gun school. Remember, he gets back up in the plane, and he's really moody and weird, and he's not comfortable. And he, they give him a new wingman, and it's Clarence Gilliard Jr. And he can tell that Tom Cruise is all messed up in the head. And blowing, you know, shots that they should take. And I think this is where it's about to happen. Come on, get in there. Engage. All right, you got a bogey at 2 o'clock low, Maverick. You got the angle. Piece of cake, pal. That's Clarence. Take the shot, kid. Take the shot. You can engage any time, Maverick. That's, Cl- that's Clarence again. is all confused. Hey, where the hell are you going? Uh, it's not good. It, it doesn't look good. What do you mean it doesn't look good? It doesn't get to look any better than that. So they land, 
And they get out of the plane, and, and, and Clarence is like, what the hell's wrong with you? And he's staring at him, walking behind him, and listen to what happens. Hey, man, we could have had him. Hey, we could have had him, man. I'm a fire when I am goddamn good and ready. You got that? Grabs him, and, you know, it was really, you don't do that to anybody. Anyway, I, Clarence Gilliard Jr., who played the, uh, played that, a small part, but a significant part, and a memorable part in Top Gun, died at the age of 66. And I always like these guys, these actors who perform these great roles, and they're significant, but you don't necessarily know the name. He's been in a lot of movies, by the way, Die Hard, uh, oh, my God. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, he was in Chips. Remember that great show, Chips? It looked like he had a really nice life as a theater instructor at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. He was just 66 years old, which does seem pretty young these days. Clarence Gilliard Jr. Hey, forgive me for the shorthand, but he was the black guy in the first Top Gun, and he had those very cool uh, aviator sunglasses. I think he did a great job, and I'm sorry to hear about that. I think Tom was a little bit rough on him in that scene as well. All right, I got to go across the street and get ready for the um, – uh, the Newsmax show. Let's go through these quick. Uh, Glenn, what's up? Yeah, Greg. Yeah, Greg. Uh, you're conflating uh, uh, the word murder uh, with homicide. Uh, there's a legal distinction between. Hey, the stop two. for a second. All right, thank you. Are you talking about Ashley Babbitt? What are you talking about? What? Where am I conflating the two? And you know what? I'm not writing an affidavit here. Okay, so <laughs> they are conversationally speaking a bit interchangeable. But, Glenn, what are you referring to specifically? Okay. Uh, well, I was going to be a wise guy and say maybe you should ask Daddy, you know, and he can give you the definition. But Yeah, thanks, you Glenn. Were in the military. You were in hey, the Glenn, military. Yeah, yeah, I know I was in the military. And? If you killed the enemy, that was homicide. No, 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 Glenn, murder. I'm not asking you for the difference. I'm not asking you for the difference. I was asking you to cite where I, you say I made the mistake. Although I will say again, it's not a mistake conversationally they can be used interchangeably but uh i don't want you to uh i don't want to you're such a wise guy here thanks for the call glenn i guess uh let's try gail in staten island yes good afternoon greg um i have two points um i was listening the other day after thanksgiving and you read an author and the quote, and I stopped, and I said, wow, that's really powerful, and it ended up being you. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, no, it was very impressive. Um, so I just want to say, took your advice, uh, ordered two from an independent bookstore, pre-ordered one for me, and my friend said she wanted one. And uh, it's in Manisquan, and it's called Booktown, and it's a quaint little town, and uh, there's baby shops on there, and maybe one day you could – Take a, a ride there with your lovely family. That's number one. Okay, number two. Do you think that this um, uh, everything that everybody's talking about on the radio with the anti-Semites? Uh, do you think that was a political hit job? Well, of course it was. These people don't care about anti-Semitism. So many of them are anti-Semitic themselves. This is just the latest cheap trick to get Trump. Of course, they're playing a game. And uh, but it's one that I like to reveal and call them out and shine a light on 
And uh, don't fall for it. Also, don't fall for this stuff that suddenly uh, Eric Adams is getting tough on crime. Oh, what a con man he is. Hey, Gail, thank you so much. What's the name of that bookstore one more time? It's called Booktown. It's in Manisquan, New Jersey. All right. 171 Main Street. I'll find it. I'll find it. And I'll uh, I'll shoot them a note. And thank you, Gail. And thank you all. I'll see you tonight at 10 o'clock. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.